Who's had one of those weeks that just seems to have utterly sapped your joy? Well, do you know what? The good thing is, it doesn't matter what our week's been like or our morning. And uh, I'll admit it's not been the best morning. Um, we can come to God and he accepts us as we are. And he can absolutely change our hearts in an instant if we allow him. So let's pray as we come to God's word. Father, thank you for your love for us, shown to us in your son, Jesus, and made real to us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Pray this morning that as we think about what it means to have proper joy, deep joy, that we might leave this place different because we've met with you. We might understand a bit more of that joy in our hearts. Amen. A few years back, um, a town called Wellington in Florida had their baby Jesus stolen. Not once, but two years running. It was a, a fairly wealthy community and their baby Jesus, that a lot of churches in the center of communities in America have big displays, big nativity scenes. And this baby Jesus was worth around $1,800. No wonder it was stolen. Uh, the third year, they put a GPS inside. <laughs> and yes, it was stolen, and they were able to trace where Jesus had gone. But the baby Jesus doesn't have to be expensive. In 2008, in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, the thieves not only stole a plastic baby Jesus, they also took the concrete block and chain that he was attached to to try and keep that from happening. I would say only in America, but probably not, actually. From uh, chapters 7 to 12 in the book of Isaiah, and you think, why are we going out to Isaiah? Why are we not doing the nativity story and we're into Advent? Well, in chapter 7 to 12 um, of Isaiah, the prophet writing tells us that we've got a real live Jesus here. A lot of Isaiah is looking forward to that time when Jesus would come once, but also when he would come again. Jesus that God has given us is not just alive, but Isaiah 7 tells us that he would be born by a virgin, born God, and called Emmanuel, God with us. In Isaiah 9, he explains that not only is he mighty God, But he was to be a light to those walking in the darkness and the shadow of death. And in Isaiah 11, he declared that Jesus would be the fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies concerning the coming Messiah. And then we get to Isaiah 12. And it's almost because of all that we've said before, joy. The prophet's telling us that this virgin-born son of God would do powerful things. That we should be tempted to erupt in songs and shouts of praise to God. When was the last time you erupted in praise? When's there last been an eruption of praise in Amesbury? When we got the church back. (laughs) Maybe we need to erupt in praise a little bit more often. Maybe I do, certainly. 
I know we've got Christmas first, but I want to jump over to New Year's Eve. Who's got plans for a New Year's Eve party? You have at the back. I'm coming to your house then. Fabulous. <laughs> I wonder, why, do, why is New Year such a celebration? We make New Year a huge celebration in so many places. Um, we're going away and we're having a little cottage in the middle of Wales, in the middle of nowhere, and we're going to be just sat in a hot tub, probably with a glass of champagne, celebrating New Year. Perfect. But New Year parties go so big and we make big celebrations. We were, for the millennium, the year 2000, um, when it clicked over to 2000, we were in the centre of Trafalgar Square, kind of like just squashed amongst everybody else. Big celebrations. Why? Well, maybe it's because New Year's holds the promise of a new beginning, that hope of starting over again. Oh, this year I'll lose weight. Uh, this year I'll do this. This year I'll... You know, these, something new will happen in the, ahead of me. And that's not a bad thing. That's good. The hope of future. That was the first candle. Hope, looking forward. But as we celebrate and give thanks to God of the hope of what is to come... Isaiah even writes and tells us that it's because of what God has done, because of what's happened. Not necessarily because of what is to come, because of what happened that we get this joy here. Now, what, what the hope of the future can't happen unless what God has done has done, if you see what I mean. That's got to have happened first. And so, Great to look forward, but let's not miss what has happened. Surely, he says, your anger has turned away from me and you have comforted me, verse 1. Surely God is my salvation, the Lord is my strength, he has become my salvation, verse 2. Make known among the nations what he has done, verse 4. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things, verse 5. And so there's a lot about what God has done. Isaiah 12 is about the day when Christ will come and reign over the earth, and that's going to be wonderful, but it's only because of what he has already done for us. There's a simple structure to this passage, and it contains two brief songs of praise in verses 1 and 2, Uh, and verses 4 to 6, and both of them introduced by the words, in that day, or you will say on that day, it says there, you will say on that day, both of them introduced by their words, pointing clearly to that day, when it happens, looking forward, when Jesus comes again. But right in the middle is that prophetic word of promise, with joy you will draw water from the well of salvation. Verse 3. And, and often you see a lot of Hebraic writing and, and, and writing of the day, Jewish writing, that, that is, has a pattern to it. And so this has this pattern of praise looking forward because of this. Praise looking forward, but right in the middle is because of what Jesus has done. We draw from the water of the well of salvation. The promise effectively provides the reason for the two songs. And in that theme of salvation, it colours the whole chapter. Uh, Commentator Barry Webb says, The occasion is salvation. Experienced in full measure, like water drawn at will from inexhaustible wells. The result 
is joy. And it's joy to which the song gives expression. With joy you will draw water. But what is it that the Messiah has done that would generate so much excitement? Why is the coming of a child bring about such joy? And I'm not just talking about the sort of surface, lovely food, nice presents, lots of alcohol kind of joy. The deep joy of Christmas. Look again at verse 1. You will say, in that day, you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. God was angry with me? Yes, he was. And he'd still be angry if he hadn't done something about it. Now, I don't know about you, but when you get angry with someone and someone annoys you, probably most like me, I think it's up to them to sort it out. They've annoyed me. They've upset me. They've done wrong. And I'm angry with them. And so it's up to them to to sort it out. But God doesn't work that way. God says, they've upset me. They've gone against me. And and I'm angry with them about that. And so I'm going to go and sort it out. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Surely, but we can't. There's no way we could sort out something that is spiritual, supernatural, about God on our own. And so God says, so I'm going to do it. I'm angry with you because you turn your back on me. You sin. You do things wrong. But I'm going to put something in place that means that we can sort this out. In Ephesians, Paul writes to Christians in a relatively nice church, one of those rare letters that are a few, if any, words of warning or correction. And yet to these nice Christians, Paul writes... As for you, nice Christians, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. And you followed the way of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of there. The spirit now at work in those who's disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful natures, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were nature objects of wrath. And notice Paul says we a lot. And he never, he never says, um, I'm better than you. He, he always joins and says, yeah, and I was there too. And I was in that place as well. In his letter to Timothy, Paul declares, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not just the folks who steal Jesus from the nativity scene. All of us. Well, that's not very Christmassy, telling us that we're sinners, and we've done wrong, and we need forgiveness. But we do. Verse 1, although you were angry with me, your anger's turned away, and you've comforted me. In other words, I couldn't have been good enough to get into heaven. None of us could. But God loves us so much that he gave us his only begotten son. And in Ephesians 1.7, in Jesus we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Romans 4.7, blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. The sins are covered. They don't exist anymore. They're not there. 
God's removed them from the east to the west, Psalm 103. Taken them and buried them in the depths of the sea, Micah 7.19. That's what he's done. And because of that, we can say, verse 2, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. And we can do what it says in verse 5. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Now, I don't like it when I hear people saying, Happy holidays, and it's normally the American kind of things. Happy holidays, everybody. Fine, say that in August when you're on holiday. Happy holidays. It's Christ's Mass. Christ's Mass. Saw something on Facebook the other day. It said, Take Christ out of Christmas, and you're just left with a mess. Uh, and military terms, a mess is a place where you gather and, and eat and, and celebrate together. So you're just in a mess. Um, take Christ out. And why is that so important? Because it's of what the baby came to do. Bring us salvation. And so with joy, we draw water from the well of salvation. When Christ was born, his birth was announced by an angelic choir. We hear an angel speaking to the shepherd saying, don't be afraid I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. There's a lot of things going on in our world, though, that it might be quite reasonable for people to say, what have I got to celebrate? How can we celebrate this time? Even just in our country, it's a mess. The government's a mess. We don't know where we're going. Wars rage on across the globe. Terrorists hurt people. Families are devastated by evil events. Poverty is a way of life for many people, not just abroad, here. In our world of pain and suffering, when many struggle to feed their families, people fleeing for their own lives, how can we talk about celebration and joy? Because there will be a day one day when all wars will cease and all pain and suffering will be gone. And it'll be the day when this chapter is talking about is fulfilled. When our salvation comes to fruition. Because of what he has done, we celebrate today knowing of what it will bring us. God bless ye, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ, our Saviour, was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power and we were gone astray. O tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. O tidings of comfort and joy. Jesus came to save us from Satan's power. He came because we'd gone astray. Because we'd sinned. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. When Jesus came, he reconciled us to God. 
We were not good, but he made us good. And God, with God, and so joyful, all ye nations rise. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the nations. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord. For he's done glorious things. Let this be known in all the earth. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Joy to the world. The Saviour reigns. I don't know how joyful you're feeling today. But inner deep joy is not about what's going on around us. It's about what Christ has done for us in our past, which has led us to where we are now, to be able to look forward in hope. That's what causes our joy. And if you're thinking, I'm not feeling very joyful at the moment, then shift your focus from all around back to the truth of what God has done for us. Because he has become our salvation, we draw with joy water from the wells of salvation.